Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to Lockbox, a podcast providing real estate professionals with action items for success. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm going to be your host. I'm the founder of two real estate marketing and tech companies, Steezy.Digital and RealNurture.io. In this podcast, you'll learn from top 1% real estate and mortgage brokers the exact secrets to their success. Welcome to Lockbox. Welcome to Lockbox. My name is Jeff Broger, and I'll be your host. Today, I'm with Chris Stafford. Thanks for being with us, Chris. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So why don't you start off by telling our listeners who you are and where you're from? Sure. I am from the beautiful city by the bay, San Francisco. I um, used to be a CPA and uh, decided I hated that and then just went into selling real estate. And I've been a listing agent in San Francisco for, my gosh, I believe over 25 years. There you go. 25-year listing agent in San, uh, San Francisco. I almost said San Diego because I'm from there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but San Francisco. And uh, what got you initially into the real estate industry? I mean, you're a CPA and obviously didn't like that enough to stick, but was there you know, a person that introduced you to real estate or was there like a family thing? You know, what happened? Yeah. You know, I, like I said, I just really, as a CPA, I loved, I should say I was good at it and I made a lot of money at it, but I hated it. It was like I was going home crying every single night. Mm. I just absolutely hated it. And I actually met my real estate agent that sold me my first house in San Francisco. And he was the one that told me that he says, you know, you should quit your job and become a real estate agent. And I decided that I really wanted to follow my passion, which was real estate, because I loved real estate so much. And I did it. He helped me plan it. You know, I saved six months worth of savings to make sure I could, uh, you know, transition into the new thing. And uh, with his help, I got into real estate. And my only regret is I didn't do it sooner. I did it just in the nick of time, Jeff, because they wanted to make me a partner at PricewaterhouseCoopers. And mm. it was right before that I said, nope, I can't do this the rest of my life. I'm just too miserable. <laughs> wow. What a story. And yeah. you were then transitioned into real estate. So now you had a 25-year successful career, uh, primarily focusing on listings uh, based yes. on your, your online profiles. And you're offering coaching and, and mentorship now to agents all over. Yeah. So one of the things that I just love doing is uh, I love helping other people, especially listing agents, real estate agents really achieve their full potential. And I figured this out really early on. You know, one of the things that I was doing really well in real estate after about 10 years is making a lot of money. I was working 24 seven. I was killing myself, but I was doing really well. And, you know, I'll tell you, uh, Jeff, it really took me one huge thing. You know, they always say, don't worry about all those things you're freaking out about, you know, in the middle of the night, because none of that stuff ever comes true. You know, it's the random phone call you get on Tuesday afternoon that just totally will blow your mind. And that's what happened to me. I got a random phone call that my partner of 10 years had uh, brain cancer. 
believe it or not. And a year in the hospital, literally a year in the hospital on dialysis and brain operations, the whole nine yards, it just totally changed my view on life. And, you know, thank God, total remission. We are super blessed right now. So I'm really happy about that. But it really made me start thinking about what I wanted to do, how I wanted to change my life. I wrote a book called Massive Abundance, How to Create Passion, Purpose, and Prosperity in Your Life. And a lot, and that whole book, the genesis of that book is that we really need to, all of us in life, figure out how we can make ourselves strong in all of our life areas so that we can turn around and give it all back. To me, it's like a big circle. And I'll tell you, Jeff, I absolutely, the greatest joy I have in my life and what I'm most excited about is helping other people. I've helped my CPA clients. I've helped my real estate sales clients, my sellers. And now I'm helping listing agents really become the best listing agents they can be. And you know you know what it's like because you've got this great podcast, which is just amazing. And so you know the feeling you get when you know that other people are listening to you and they're just excelling because of you. It's just, it brings me into such a state of joy that I, I can live off of this feeling for days. <laughs> and it's contagious. And it's contagious, exactly, right, exactly. That's awesome. So why don't you give our listeners a little taste of something that you'd give a listing agent and coaching? And this podcast in particular is all about action items. I want to provide my listeners with action items for success, because if we keep everything that we know in our head, we never go do anything about it. Nothing's going to happen. So, you know, what's the single most important action that you've taken over your 25 year listing agent career that has attributed most to your success? Wow, that's a great question. The single most thing I think is probably the most significant thing, no matter how you slice and dice it, the most significant thing we all as sales agents, as salespeople, that's what we are, is to be consistent. You have to be consistent in every single thing that you're doing. And especially as a listing agent, you have to be consistent in getting uh, new listings and prospecting for new listings every single morning. So I think that probably, you know, in my coaching business, no surprise to you, Jeff, that most of the time I'm working on two things. I'm working on helping people with their mindset because their mindset is everything. And I'm helping them with their consistency and developing an accountability around their whole consistency and finding uh, new listings and prospecting for new listings. And I think a lot of times, Jeff, people really, listing agents, real estate agents in particular, really sort of gloss over the whole vision part, really making sure that they understand what their vision is for their business and how they can make that business a success. So, you know, I spend a lot of time working on the vision and the mindset because, you know, as Anthony Robbins says, all the success BS, this is 80% of its mindset, 20% is just strategy. And if you don't have the vision, if you don't have the mindset right out of the gate, you're not going to be a success. I don't care what people tell you. So, um, you know, maybe I'm answering this in two parts, but basically I think that you've got to work on the mindset, you have to work on your vision, but then figure out using that vision, how does that translate into a daily schedule, goals, strategies, and all that, and then figure out a way to You know, I have my coaching clients are working Monday through Friday only because I don't believe in working really hard. (laughs) Monday through Friday, how are you consistently finding listings and filling your listing pipeline every single day? So that's what you have to do. Absolutely no question. Yeah, prospecting. Yep, absolutely. Consistent. I love that. 
What's the percentage of referral business that uh, is compared to, you know, prospecting or, or new business? Well, for me personally, when I first started, it was probably, you know, let's talk about the old 80-20 rule. 80% of it was prospecting and 20% of it was referral. Now it's the reverse because I've been in, you know, this business for, you know, 18 million years. So I'd say that definitely it's 80% is referral at this point and 20% prospecting. But that's sort of a misnomer, Jeff, just because I will also tell you too that I'm working my SOI, my sphere of influence. When I say that I'm prospecting in the morning, I'm still, you know, I've been in this business for over 25 years in San Francisco. I am still prospecting every day between 8.30 and 10.30-ish, Monday through Friday. And so I'm spending two hours every single morning and still doing it. So yeah, I'm getting a lot of referrals, but I'm prospecting for those referrals because I am working my SOI, my sphere of influence, like nobody's business. I'm really calling them and touching them all the time. So I think, you know, it's really important we do that just because you have a lot of experience and you're getting a lot of referrals. If you want to do a lot of business and make a lot of money, you still have to put the time in every single morning. Got it. So your big system there is hitting the phones every single morning and it changed from potentially cold calling or door knocking during that time to now working your sphere because your sphere is big enough. That's correct. Yeah. I have about 3,000 people in my sphere right now. And yeah, when I used to call, when I first started, I was just doing cold calling. And I remember I got my first listing, what, in 45 days? I think I sold it a month later. And so I, you know, I did pretty well with the cold calling. But yes, you know, my sphere of influence is pretty large for me, but I'm working it. Like I said, I am calling them every single morning. I've got a system where I try to reach out to every single person in my database three to four times a year. But then I've got this system, which I think is really key. And if anybody wants a really cool little takeaway is I've segregated all the people that have given me referrals over the years. I call them my top 20 because they used to be 20 people. It's way more than that. And those top 20, the people that have given me referrals, now I religiously contact them or touch them once a month. So, and I mix it up, you know, it could be phone calls, it could be hand notes, emails, I could bump into them at the dry cleaners or take them out for coffee, have lunch with them, that type of thing. So those are the special people in my database, in my SOI that I really coddle and make sure that I take really good care of. That's very key. I mean, that alone will have a huge impact on your success. Just yeah. noticing who refers you and, and giving them extra attention. That's well, you know, key. There's, I'll tell you, there's nothing worse, as you know, than driving by your best friend's house and seeing a for sale sign from another company. <laughs> nothing worse. Yeah, so, exactly, exactly. Talking about transactions, you know, how many transactions or, or what was your volume last year? So we can get a feel for what you're doing. I don't do a lot of transactions compared to other people, a lot of agents, but I probably, I'm usually somewhere around 50 transactions a year. But I have a pretty high average sales price. My average sales price is anywhere from two and a half to three million. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and San Francisco uh, is a, a very expensive market, but you know, in that two to three million is still luxury in that area, right? In two to three million, yeah, I would say. Well, our average selling price—I mean, just starter homes are you know anywhere from one to one and a half million. So, two to three millions, you know, is really good. Obviously, in San Francisco, you can get up anywhere from ten to forty million dollars for homes. But yeah, two to three million—it's still 
you know, for $5 million, Jeff, you can get a really nice house in San Francisco. <laughs> Good to know. So with that being said, how could a agent or a broker out there that's listening get from doing maybe 30 or 40 transactions or maybe even 20 or 30 up to that next level? You know, what were some of the recent levers that you pulled or the ability, like what was the breakthrough to get you from like 25 to 50 transactions? You know, that's actually a really good question. Um, there's two parts to that question. One is, and this is like what I work with my coaching clients all the time is, one is, is not only increasing the number of transactions that you have, but also increasing your average sales price. And I just had a great conversation with one of my agents today, and we were just literally talking about that. How can you, number one, increase your transaction rate, but also increase your average sales price? Two things. One is, again, I hate to sound like a broken record, but really a lot of it has to do with your vision and your mindset. Because I think that a lot of times we have, we create these barriers in our mind as to how many deals that we can do. You know, I can't sell more than 20 houses a year or 24 houses a year because that means I'd have to work two houses a month and I don't have the staff to do that or I don't have the time to do that. So really it's, I work with them about mindset and with their vision and do they want to do go from 20 to 50 houses a year. What needs to happen for that to go into place? I remember when I was selling, you know, 15 to 20 houses a year, and I really wanted to bump up the number of houses that I was selling. I was actually, you know, I had to actually plan. I had to figure out, okay, if I'm really going to do this, do I need help? In what areas do I need help in? Do I need to have a secretary? Do I need to get a buyer's agent? Do I need to have an escrow coordinator? So I really had this sort of conscious decision that I was going to increase the number of transactions I was going to do, and I needed to complement my team to make that happen. But a lot of it is really the mindset and the vision, and then increasing your average sales price is really a matter of, again, I can't even tell you how I've had probably eight conversations in the last two weeks of, with listing agents who really have a mindset issue that I'm too intimidated to work with the high end, or I, you know, I'm embarrassed to talk to wealthy people, or I don't know, you know, what a four-bedroom home in, in San Francisco, Pacific Heights, or you know, a four-bedroom home in La Jolla is really all about. So these high-end areas that we have here in California. And so again, it's really all about the mindset. And so we're working on that. And one of the easiest ways and one of the easiest things that I did personally to increase my average sales price, and I'm always telling listing agents to do, is to research that area, research that market, you know, figure out what those homes look like. What are the homes on the market for? What are their average sales price? How, what are their days on market? What's the average price per square foot? You know, what do you get for $3 million versus $10 million versus $20 million or whatever that price point is in your marketplace? So I think that from, you know, trying to increase your average sales price again, I think the more research you do on that market, who's buying those homes, who's selling those homes, the more well-versed you can become in that market, again, it comes in, it makes you more confident. You have more confidence. You feel more comfortable talking about that market. And mm -hmm. I think that just goes a long way to helping you establish your mindset that you know that you can do that market. Yeah, that Does makes that sense. Make sense. I like what you said about there are two levers to pull from yep. going from a certain number of transactions or transaction volume to the next level. That's, you know, increase the amount of transactions than the other one being average sales price, yes. which makes total sense. But 
I think when you're in it, when you're in the middle of an industry and you're executing and you have a million things going on, it's very easy to not take that step back and see how simple it is. It you know really what? is changing the those two operative things. phrase there is take a step back and see. And that's one of the things that I find that uh, a lot of real estate agents don't do is they're not taking that step back. They're not taking that 50,000 foot view of what their life is like, what their business is like. And they just sort of get comfortable and they get into a routine, a rut, if you will, of selling, you know, only $200,000 homes in this one part of the city where, you know, if they really change their mindset or change their strategy, you know, they can maybe up it to $500,000 homes in another part of the city. And it's either lack of effort, lack of work or whatever it is that's holding you back. And again, I always come back to mindset. I hate to keep bringing that up. And I promise I won't bring it up anymore, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is that important. And, yeah. you know, for you, you had a life-changing experience when your partner came down with cancer and thank God yep. that ended in the most positive light that it could by going into remission. But that caused you to step back. And so Absolutely. now through your coaching, you know, through your experience, you're able to knock on agents head and be like, hey, take a step back. You're on the grind way too much. You need to be thinking critically and strategically about the actions that you're taking. Yeah. And one of my great mentors said, one minute of planning saves two minutes of execution. I love it. I love it. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I think that, that that's a really big thing because, you know, the other big problem that I see with all of us, especially in our industry, is the fact that we're all working too much. You know, and one of the things that blows my mind is that, you know, I, I just ran across a real estate agent in Beverly Hills that said to me, they says, they prided themselves that they're available for their clients 24-7. And I'm like, 24-7? What are you, nuts? I mean, you've got rocks in your head that you're working 24-7. I mean, do you have a life? You know, and so one of the things that I love doing is I love taking time off. One of my biggest passions, other than helping people, one of my biggest passions is to travel. And I used to travel a lot pre-COVID, and I'm planning on doing it again now that I'm fully vaccinated. I've just made a bunch of plans. I take time off and I take time off every single week, every single month. I take vacations. I have a house in Panama that I spend a lot of time with in Panama. So, you know, to me, I think that there's this thing in the real estate industry that we always have to be available for our clients. And there's some really easy ways that you can take time off and position yourself so that you aren't on 24-7 with all your clients. It's no one should be on 24-7. It's not healthy. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, one of the things for any of your listeners that want to know how to do it, it's all how you position, how you're going to work with your clients when you first meet them. When you first meet with a seller, when you first meet with a buyer, you're going to set the tone for that relationship right up front. And, you know, it's like meeting with a doctor or an attorney, you know, they're going to tell you when they're going to, they're taking calls, when they're going to work with you. You can do the exact same thing. Tell them when you're going to work, when you're not going to be available. And you know what they're going to do when you say that? They're going to say, oh, okay. And they're not going to contest it at all. It's the easiest thing to do. Carve yourself out of life. We all deserve it. <laughs> we all deserve it. I love that. Set those expectations. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, something that I'm curious about being a 25-year listing agent, being there before technology and then now with technology, how do you leverage digital marketing to gain exposure to your listings? I hire other people that are really good at it. Great answer. 
You know, it's like one of the things that I don't get caught up in, Jeff, is I do not get caught up in the technology of this business. I think technology is amazing. I think it's awesome. And I think that what we really need to do is leverage the technology that we have out there in the universe to make ourselves look better, to make our listings look better, to sell more homes. No question. I embrace technology as much as the next guy. But what I don't do is I don't obsess about it. And technology is just a tool. It's just a tool that allows us to perform better, to be more effective. But I don't get caught up in all the technology. If I don't understand how to do something, I hire somebody. I have an IT guy that does everything for me. I truly believe that even with all the technology and all the BS about all the noise that people are saying that you have to have this to be successful in this new platform or this new website, this new blah, blah, blah. Real estate fundamentally is a people to people business. And Mm -hmm. now more than ever, more than ever, this is not a transactional business. This is a relationship business. And if you want to become really successful, and I believe this 120%, if you want to become really successful in real estate, you need to have good relationship skills. It's all about belly to belly marketing. You need to know how to get sellers. You need to know what to say to sellers to build rapport. You need to know how to connect with sellers so that they know you, trust you, and like you. These are all things that technology cannot help with. You know, it's all stuff that you have to be, you have to learn how to use. uh, I use NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, to really build rapport with sellers and all that. You can't fluff that off to technology to make that happen. It's relationship marketing because the truth is, is that sellers and buyers for that matter, consumers right now, their bullshit meters are set really high. And they know when someone's trying to pull something over on them and all that. So your job as a salesperson, your first job as a salesperson is to build rapport. And the only way to do that is to really connect with them on a really super personal level. And I, can't, I haven't found a software program yet that does that, Joe. That's right. <laughs> I mean, even, even though we have created automated messaging with conversational AI yeah. to follow mm-hmm. up with leads instantly and for you know a year after they come in, mm-hmm. it still is not meant to replace the actual conversation. Yes. It's meant to tee up the conversation. Yes. So we're using automation and AI to tee up the conversation between the buyer, the seller, and the agent. Sure. Right? Absolutely. But it's, it, but it's not supposed to go through all the qualifying, hit the emotional triggers, get them to agree to the listing, send over the documents. It's not replacing all of that. Yes, right? absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah. But I'll tell you, there are a lot of real estate agents out there that sort of hide behind the technology. And I don't think oh, yeah. that's good, not healthy. <laughs> yeah. I was at a marketing conference and Ryan Dice from Digital Marketer said, when did we start trying to talk to our customers less? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like and, him. He's good. Yeah. I and agree. yeah, he, he was just talking about like all the automation, the over automation. And it's like, no, the point, especially in a high ticket sale, like a real estate transaction, the point is to get them on the phone. The point yes. is the conversation. That's yes. the point. Absolutely. Right. So Absolutely. I never lose sight of that. And I attribute my direct sales experience before I got into marketing uh-huh. uh, with my focus on the actual end result and the sales process. It's not just tee up a million leads that never convert. It's like, no, how many are turning into phone calls? And then how are you fielding those phone calls? How quickly are you texting them when they come in, right? All of the steps along the way to get them to actually convert. 
So. Absolutely. And it's all about, the other thing too, is it's all about getting appointments. You know, It's not just about calling people. It's not just about getting leads. Mm-hmm. You've got to get appointments to meet with people, to get in front of them so that you can establish that rapport. And that's what's really key. So I, I really, in my coaching business, and I've sort of changed myself because I really sort of hammered my coaching clients that, you know, call, get, make these calls, make 20 calls, whatever. Now we're changing the whole focus to, all right, let's set minimum standards on appointments. Okay. Yes. It's really great to make 20 phone calls or 30 phone calls, but how many appointments? That's the key. Yep. I believe that appointments are the KPI to focus on. There the you key go. productivity indicator, right? Yep. There you go. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So where do you think the industry is heading? You know, what are your five, 10 year projections? And, um, how are you setting yourself up for future success? It's going to hell in a handbasket, Jeff. <laughs> Just plan on not being in the industry in five or 10 years. <laughs> no, I think that, you know, it's interesting because, you know, five, 10 years, I think that there isn't going to really be a big change. I think that what we're going to see is, I would say in the next five years, probably because after about five years, I'm out of here. I'm really, Jeff, morphing, I would say in five to 10 years, would be just real estate coaching, just because I love it so much. And probably spending, if they're five years, spending a lot more time, if not most of my time in Panama. But I'd say in the next five years, things aren't really going to change that much. I think we're going to have better technology. We're going to have great disruptors. Some of my coaching clients right now are working with organizations like EXP, which has really a huge industry disruptor. I think it's- I'm an EXP agent. Yeah. Exactly. And I think it's all good, but it doesn't negate the fact that we still have to study and become great salespeople in terms of the personal skills, the relationship marketing. So I don't think that's really going to change a lot in the course of the next five years in terms of your ability to build rapport, get appointments, build rapport and close the deal from a relationship standpoint. Awesome answer. I love that. You know, there's so much fear and doom and gloom. But a lot of my guests in, in particular have a much more positive outlook. And, uh-huh. you know, for you to say, yes, there's technology, you know, yes, it's here, but it's a tool. And yeah. even once it becomes better, it's not going to replace us. And right. it always comes back to that relationship, mm-hmm. you know, in really whatever business, you know, whatever yeah. product you're selling, it's a human talking to a human or selling to a human and keep absolutely, you know, taking absolutely. care of that relationship. So, absolutely. You know, in the last 25 years, Jeff, I had seen so many things. I remember when the internet came out and they said, oh my God, the internet, that's going to replace real estate agents. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Right. So yeah, we've had a lot of disruptors, if you will, but it still comes down to belly to belly. I love that. Well, do you have, you know, any type of question that comes to mind where I should have asked you or like anything you'd like to elaborate on from earlier? No, I just, I think that one of the things that one tip I would have for people, because obviously the biggest thing that a lot of real estate agents have a problem with in my mind is just the consistent marketing and trying different kinds of marketing techniques and just trying different kinds of marketing and doing it consistently. And one of the things that they always ask me is how can I start something that I don't like doing? If I really want to start door knocking or if I really want to start 
Facebook advertising, whatever. And for me, it's really all about developing minimum standards. And that's one of the keys in the course to my, uh, my teaching. And that is no matter what you're trying to do, especially when you're trying to do something new, you're trying to learn something new, start really small and develop minimum standards. And I have I implement this with all of my coaching clients. If you're going to start calling your SOI, figure out a minimum standard that's something that you can do every single morning. That I don't care if, you know, your dog dies, your wife leaves you and your house blows up. You're going to do this every single morning, Monday through Friday. And make it so easy that is really that you you're guaranteed success every single day. So I have some coaching clients. I have coaching clients that are making a year. And their minimum standard is that they're going to call two people from their SOI every single morning. That's it. That's their minimum standard. And I'm totally fine with that because I think the most important thing is that we all develop minimum standards in all areas of our life to improve ourselves. Because what happens when you do these minimum standards is the biggest advantage is that you become more confident and you become more comfortable doing it. And then you start having a little bit of success doing it and you want to do more. And the next thing you know, you're not just calling two people out of your SOI. You're like me calling 20, 30 people every single morning. Mm -hmm. And so develop minimum standards in all areas of your life. I think it's one of the greatest ways to sort of circumvent the amygdala, that whole fear of flight of thing response in your brain and do something different, do something unique to try to uh, increase your business. I love that. Great principle. And I believe you were going to offer a gift to listeners. Yes. So I mentioned earlier that the book that I wrote called Massive Abundance, How to Create Passion, Purpose, and Prosperity in your life. And for all you listeners that want to go to my website, which is theagentunleashed.com. And I'm sure, Jeff, maybe you can put it in the show notes. Just go there, ask me for the book, and I will send it to you for free. Amazing. What an offer. Well, really appreciate that. And other than the website and the free book, how can listeners contact you if they're interested? Actually, the website's the best. You can always go to Chris at ChristopherStafford.com or just go to my website. I'd love to send you the book and uh, hit me up. I answer all my own emails, phone calls, everything. I love talking to people. (laughs) Awesome. Chris Stafford, everyone, 25-year listing agent someone who's had massive success in the real estate industry and now is sharing all of his secrets through coaching. So definitely reach out to him and absolutely go get that free book, guys. All right. Have a great day. Thank you, Chris, for being on. Thank you, sir. Thank you for listening. If you want to accomplish your real estate goals, then I highly suggest downloading my free Ultimate Real Estate Goal Setting Framework. The link is in the description of the show and it will help you break down your annual income goal into the amount of phone calls, appointments, or open houses you need in order to achieve that goal. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.